Thank you, Pastor Dave. By the way, my name is also Dave, Dave Ferguson. I'm one of the pastors here at Oak Ridge Community Church. Welcome. We're glad you could join us today. We're trying something new with our sermon by having it pre-recorded. So please drop us a line at our website or shoot a note to the church office and let us know what you think. We're always welcome your feedback. Last week, we heard from Laura, Lisa, and Franny Miller talking on Mother's Day. They shared different perspectives on, on motherhood from their different stages of life. Thank you, ladies. It was a great chat with you. And today was a glorious sunny day here in Maryland, and my lovely daughters were outside, and they picked me some buttercups and clovers. So thank you, girls. This is a sweet thing to have on my desk today. The week before Mother's Day, we started a new sermon series in 1 Peter. And we're going to hit some of the highlights of, of Peter throughout the month of May. One of the themes of Peter is how to live in a fallen world. Two weeks ago, Pastor Mike shared from 1 Peter chapter 1 and, re and reminded us that even though we are strangers in this world, that we have God's tremendous resources and his gifts available to us. And those gifts are summarized in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, which says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled by his blood. May grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. Some translations say grace multiplied to you or yours in increasing abundance. The point is that we are not alone in this world. And God, indeed, is with us in the midst of difficult times. So what are those gifts? Well, his grace, his love, and the word says it's his very blood. In the few minutes that we have with one another this morning, I'd like to look at the rest of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2 and attempt to answer the question, what do we do with the gifts that God gives us? We're going to read an extended passage in 1 Peter. Please open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. It's a fair amount of reading, but it's good stuff as always. In fact, I have my lovely wife, Shirley, and she's going she's gonna to read for us. Hi, today I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through chapter 2, verse 10. If you have your Bibles, read along with me. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like 
grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you have come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, this stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So when someone offers you a gift, what do you do with it? Well, you accept the gift with grateful heart and use it as it was intended. Unless maybe it was a yellow polka dotted sweater. And then maybe the intended use of that is the decoration for the inside of your closet. But God gives good and useful gifts to us. Chapter 1, verse 13 says, Gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you. The exhortation of gird your mind for action tells me that we should accept and use the gifts that God gives to us. Don't be passive. Don't be a victim. Things may be difficult. They are difficult. We have the crisis with COVID. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have health challenges. Some people have relationship challenges. Some people have financial challenges. All these things are valid, but God offers you gifts and resources to meet your needs. He does not leave you alone. Well, these resources start, these gifts start with the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says that we were redeemed with the precious blood, the blood of Christ. Our sins are serious. Our sins separate us from God, and we cannot make things right ourselves. Only his shed blood is acceptable to the Father for the forgiveness of our sins. We must place our faith in Jesus Christ, and we must trust him to cleanse us from the guilt of our sins. Well, how do we do that? Well, for me and for you, we have to acknowledge that we've sinned and that our sins separate us from God. We can't be proud and assume that God should not judge us or that he or deceive ourselves and think that he will not judge us. But neither can we go to the opposite end of the spectrum either and think that, oh, our sins are so great that they cannot be forgiven or God would never forgive me for something that I've done. That, we, that I've done. God loves you. He loves me. 
he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die because we're sinners and because we needed his grace. Rejoice that he loves you. Rejoice that he provided a solution for you. Place your faith in Jesus. Place your faith in him alone and trust him. And be, as Peter said, born again. This is the starting point for taking action in our lives. Nothing else matters until you are forgiven and then you're right with God. But once you've taken that step, there's a next step according to this passage that we read. We take action by living holy lives. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Peter writes, Put aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander. You know, if we're honest, this is a high standard. It's convicting as I read it and see what the challenge laid before me. But we are called to live lives of integrity and, and holiness before God. This is only possible if our sins are forgiven through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. What else are we called to? What, other, what, what else are we called to? We can make use of God's gifts by loving one another fervently. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Let me read it again. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. What do you do fervently? What do I do fervently? I take my entertainment very seriously. I'm, I, I will fervently enjoy myself whether I'm playing a game or watching a video or hanging out with friends. I may work fervently, putting my heart and soul into what I'm doing. But do you love fervently? Do you love your husband or wife fervently? Do you love your children fervently? Do you love your parents fervently? Do you love your coworkers and your neighbors fervently? You ought to. You are empowered to. You are putting God's gifts into action if you obey this piece of scripture that Peter, this instruction that Peter has given us. Finally, we can gird our minds for action by cultivating an eternal focus. The things that are important to God should be important to us. Let me read one more verse here. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24. It says, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass fades, and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. What an amazing picture. What an amazing picture that we painted here this morning. Someone who relies on God's goodness and not their own self-righteousness. Someone who lives a holy life. Someone who loves fervently. Someone who has an eternal focus and feeds on the word of God to sustain him. The things that are important to God are important to him. Wouldn't you love to have a friend like that that met those character qualities? Better yet, wouldn't you love to be a friend like that? Wouldn't you love to be a wife like that to your husband? Wouldn't you love to be a husband like that to your wife? Or a son or daughter to your parents, parents to your children? This is a high calling. This fulfills God's purpose for us. And this is what God has equipped us for through his abundant grace. 
Now, you can't be like this, and I can't be like this under our own power. Like I said, it's a tall order. It's a high standard. You must rely on the Holy Spirit. You must deepen your relationship with God. You must feed on His Word. Let it fill your heart. Receive the grace of God that Peter describes, and let it fill your heart and be used be used by him in doing this. One final thought to leave you with here. What does Christ do with such an individual as this? Someone who is covered by his blood. Someone who is living a holy life before him. Someone who is loving fervently. Someone who is um, having an eternal focus. What does he do with such a person? Why? He makes them into a stone. He uses them as a stone in the house that he is building. He uses them to help build and advance his kingdom of heaven. Chapter 2, verse 5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The passage goes on to say that Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone of that house. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. He's making us into living stones which are built upon the house that he's building. You see, he saves us. He gives us gifts. He gives us a vision. And he uses us to build his spiritual house. His kingdom of heaven. You know what? I believe that the acceptable spiritual gifts that he's talking about in this passage are the people. Some of them are the people that respond to the gospel that you share with the people in your life. Through the gospel, they're saved, they're made acceptable to the Father, and they in turn become living stones that Jesus uses to build his house and to advance his kingdom. So, if you've trusted Christ, if you're one of these living stones, won't you use the resources and the gifts offered by him to, to live in this manner? Won't you surrender to his spirit? Won't you feed upon his word? Won't you have an eternal perspective in your life and allow God to use you to build his kingdom? If you've not yet trusted Christ, then I invite you to bow your heart to him right this minute and receive the gift of faith and forgiveness from him. Is this something you'd like to do? Or perhaps you have trusted him, yet you desire to be more yielded to him. Then I invite you to pray as well. Confess your desire to be used. Ask him for his spirit. Ask him to speak to you through his word and to continue molding you into a living stone. Are you willing to ask this of him? Now, it's pretty hard to respond to such questions over the internet, right? But if you'd like to talk more about these very important topics, about the gift that God offers and how he can, he wants to save you, he wants to carve you by the blood of Jesus Christ, how he wants to mold you into a living stone, then please reach out to the person who invited you to this service. Reach out to your life group leader or reach out to the, one of the pastors. We would love to talk with you and to pray with you. First Peter is a rich book. I recommend that you take time to read through it here before the end of May. 
The Apostle Peter ends this passage by reminding us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession set aside to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Please join us again next week when Pastor David DeGlow shows us that Peter has some very practical things to say about how we use these gifts and how we interact with a fallen world. Well, let's pray. Father, you are holy and you're righteous, Lord. I'm just so grateful for your love and your mercy. I'm so grateful for the technology that we have to stay in touch with one another. God, I'm thankful for your word. I thank you for that you challenge me. I thank you for the high calling that you place upon my life, Lord. You, you offer me a gift. You offer me forgiveness. You offer me restoration. You offer me intimacy with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And then through your power and through your word, you call me to a high standard of integrity and holiness. You ask me to love fervently, Lord. God, I pray that you would give me grace, to give me the ability to use the grace that you offer to do this, to obey you, to walk in this path. I want to be a living stone for you. I want to be used by you. And I want to labor alongside my brothers and sisters. I just thank you for all who are gathered here today. With us, I ask for your blessing on them. I ask for your peace on them, Lord. Those who are in need, those who are in pain, those who are sick, I ask for your grace and peace and healing. Provide for them. Those who've lost jobs, Lord, provide for them and encourage them. Those who are in pain, Lord, difficult circumstances in their life, comfort them, I pray. Encourage them. Teach them what it means to call out to you. Teach them what it means to humbly ask for help from their friends and family. Lord, I thank you for your many mercies that you give us. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.